rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Hi, everyone. Trying to get this audio thing right, finally. I know sometimes it's too low, sometimes it's blasting in your ears. All right. It is what it is. I do my best. Sorry, sometimes we fall far from the mark. But uh, thank you for showing up anyway and hanging out. We meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. You can listen to the any old show. You can listen to the old two-minute tirades. You can listen to the old It Sucks to Be Right with Sherry D. Sutton back in the day. We keep plugging along. Who knows where the show will go? That's why I ask you guys to please be a patron. Maybe we can grow. I see people filling into the chat room already. Thank you. Oh, my God, Jim. He starts right off the bat with a super chat. That's amazing. Thank you. These are how we're going to grow. I appreciate it. And it makes me feel like, okay, I'll keep doing this thing. Actually, you know what happened? Let me tell you a story. Let's see. Should I... I mean, I have to do all the promo and all that. We'll do that throughout the show. So I got a a message on Facebook uh, last week. No, it was during the week when we did the weekday special before Thanksgiving. Anyway, it was a left winger. It was someone, I guess, who was a progressive. That's what bothers me the most, frankly. And he wrote, I'm paraphrasing, who is this woman? Well, how do I get rid of her? (laughs) Something like that. Why she pops up? No, she said something. He said something like, "I appreciate all you do," meaning the RDT Daily Facebook and and website. But who is this woman? She her voice is like a rake on a chalkboard. I appreciate her passion, but it's always popping up asking for money because it says when you open up the Facebook page, it says, "Please be a patron." That's all it says. Whatever. It irritated me because, oh, my voice is like a rake on a chalkboard. Well, you know, uh, what's your name? I think his name was Buzz, Buzz Lawson or something. Your face is like nails in my cranium. I mean, what can I do about my voice? Should I become uh, somebody on PBS or something? I don't know. There's other places to go. So go and just tell Facebook that... I don't want to see this. That's what you do. You don't send me a message telling me my voice is like a rake on a chalkboard because there's nothing I can do about it. I wish I was born in Ireland. I was born in New York City. If I was born in Ireland, I probably wouldn't be this irritated constantly because I could go to the doctor when I'm sick. I wouldn't have to worry about the uniquely American, low-paying, no-benefit jobs, worrying about if I'll be one of the one-third of the American people who can't retire. I'll just drop dead. All right, that's the plan. Maybe I'll meet Jesus. I'll get, a, I'll get a mansion in heaven. But when I get messages like that, what am I supposed to do about that? My voice is like a rake on a chalkboard? Then fuck off. You know what I mean? Your message is pointless. Go irritate Rush Limbaugh. Maybe he has a better speaking voice, but he's also well-funded and has been and will be. The right-wingers, they don't have to worry about funding. Perhaps I can take 
some kind of less uh, irritating diction lessons if we had billionaires like the Mercer family funding us. I don't care. Whatever. Who cares? It's not, I'm not really that irritated. I'm just saying messages like that piss me off. When I come here and then we get a super chat, when I see all the people jumping into the chat room, that makes me feel better. And the other thing I wanted to thank, I got a care package from one of the listeners. I hadn't received it yet because it was sent to one of our RDT family, our community, not the community. He's one of the inner circle, so to speak. There's only a few of us, but his address is used on our letterhead. So it's not my address. I guess he volunteered to put his address on it. We should really get a P.O. box before someone sends us a pipe bomb. Anyway, he told me I got a, a nice little package from one of the listeners. And let me see. He sent me a message from Len. Thank you, Len. I can't wait to open it. Well, he opened it, so I know it's not a bomb. Thank you, Len. I can thank you for that. That means a lot to me. We're reaching out to each other. We're building a community. And, you know, I'm a person. What can you say? I'm a real person. We're all real people trying to get through this nightmare, this filthy fascist nightmare. And who would ever have thought it? When I was a kid, I never thought I'd be living through fascism, right? I always thought we were the good guys. And now I see us with uh, a fascist a, uh, uh, takeover really happening. And where we have a so-called president squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, planning on touring Doing a camp, doing campaign stops with a war criminal, one of his one of his war criminals that he pardoned, you know, a guy who takes pictures who t with corpses, not just takes pictures, but in front of the American flag, he takes his oath of reenlistment into the service with a corpse uh, that he made dead. So I guess he's proud of that, and in front of the American flag, I guess he, why why. Uh, why let ISIS rack their brains with recruitment material? Just take a picture and do it for them. Because I, I don't know what else would recruit some a, a, a new generation of terrorists other than that, that photo. That Twitler seems to think is so strong, so strong with our war fighters. That's what he says. We're not, there's not, there's not a military. We're not out there. They don't even have to use the old uh, making the world safe for democracy. Are you kidding me? We're making the world safe for Mohammed bin Bonesaw. How do, you, how do you feel about that? You're proud? You want to put on your Space Force hat and your, and your tacky red, white, and blue polo shirt like Mick Mulvaney? Have you seen that photo? It's, of course, it's everything I've been saying. It's sort of like a closet case, right? So when, when someone is a closet case, most likely they're a Republican. I mean, there are many, many levels of closeted gays. So, but the, it's epidemic in the, in the right wing because they're cowards. That's what it is. In order to be a, um, someone who lives an authentic life, no matter what, you don't have to be gay to live an authentic life, but living an authentic life takes courage because there's many factors pushing against you, being yourself. I have, I have not, nothing but respect and admiration, really, for those who come out as transgendered. Because talk about, I know what it's like just being gay. It's hard. But 
someone who is transgendered, you're talking about that. That's the new. That's the new. Uh, you know, uh, exploitable minority. Uh, I mean, we're all besides Muslims now, but they don't get the same return on investment anymore for bashing on gays. So they have to. They they had to go somewhere else. They had to pick on transgender because there's a lot of. Um, it's still a community semi in the shadows and they would want there's a lot of confusion and misconceptions and then they get and they, they could tickle many uh of the funny bones the bigoted funny bones of these freaks because they would never tell right republicans would never tell their their those who are stupid enough to follow them they would never tell them to evolve or they would never educate them and so they they encourage them to be disgusting human beings. But anyway, so in order to be someone who lives an authentic life, you have to have courage. So Republicans, it's the same thing with... So anyways, what I'm trying to say is that... So that's why a closet case, that's the telltale sign for someone who is a closet case is that they're homophobic. So they go, they act, they act real macho and... They uh, they talk about uh, gays. They bash, talk about you know whatever. They they won't call them gay. They'll call them uh, you know the f word or homosexual. They'll they'll drag out the sexual part because you're supposed to be it's dirty, right? The Republicans are really they. I wish they would get help for their manias instead of inflicting them on the world. But hello, uh, that's why we're here. And anyway, so it's the same thing with Republicans. That's, they hate America that much. They know that they hate America. That's why they got to wear a flag. They have to masturbate into a flag. They got to jerk off on a flag. They got to hump a flag in front of a crowd of thousands. They, they got to put on stupid hats and pins, and they walk around like they're, they're in the Harlem Globetrotters or what? I don't even know. What a, uh, Uncle Sam, they're, they're at an they're uh, electronic sale. That's what they look like. They look like idiots. But because they're overcompensating for the fact that they hate this country, they know it. They don't want it to get out, though. They don't want anybody to catch on to the fact. But we're catching on. I've been saying this for years. And I am encouraged to a degree because I'm seeing this in the mainstream press now. People writing articles about just how much Republicans hate this country. And it's not, it's not just on RDT Daily. On, let me see, here's a, one of the articles. I saved this for today. Let's see. Who really, this is in the Washington Post. Who really hates America is the title. Where is it? Now it won't open. Okay, great. In the meantime, while I'm trying to open this, I want to. I see Mark C on the super chat. Thank you very much. That means a lot to me, and it's it'll keep me going. It'll keep me here. It'll keep me showing up because I actually didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I worked on a job, and I didn't get home till three in the morning from. 10 a.m. And it what? Yes, I know it was the day after Thanksgiving, so I'm very tired. But whatever, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's what I say. What, what am I gonna do? We got work to do. So 
That's why we're here. And it's also, what is, we, we need each other. That's the other thing. I don't want to do this alone. Who the hell wants to go through this shit alone? This world. This fascist decline. We need each other. So that's, it's, it's selfish on my part, too. Because I, I, I look forward to seeing you all. So it makes me, it does give me hope. It makes me want to go on. Who the hell would want to go on in this crap if there was no hope? You got to have hope. That's why you fight. You know, that's the, that is the remedy for any depression, is action. That's the truth. I'm not that I'm like Dr. Phil or anything, but I know a little bit about de being depressed. And I know a little bit about getting, or getting, not getting over it. You don't really, I, I don't live in uh, depression anymore. I feel very fortunate for that. And I know a lot of people are depressed and feel hopeless and um i used to feel like that i i i've had my moments not you know not not as many and but i always have a have a remedy that's i feel very fortunate about that because i used to think that feeling better or whatever i'll just give you my secret i'll just let you know maybe it'll help somebody because whatever um because I used to think that I would all of a sudden wake up and be not depressed or something like that, right? I've, uh, and uh, I would read a lot of self-help books and inspirational books, things like that, trying to find the secret, right? Even the secret. Even watch that movie, The Secret. <laughs> and... I didn't, it's almost like in, being in recovery too. It's, you can have all the knowledge, all the information, but if you don't put anything into action, what will happen? I mean, to me, this was a, a mind-blowing revelation because I thought that just reading the books and stuff like that, that was enough. That would be enough. That was me working it. That I was working, I was trying, but I... Hey, came to a realization that it was a choice. Do you know what I mean? So instead of, not that, I, I mean, I do kind of look at it like a choice. And it went, it went um, in my different travels trying to find the secret to life or whatever. I, I, I practice Buddhism, but, you know, that's for me. But um, I practice uh, Nichiren Buddhism now, which is Namiho Renge-kyo. Whatever. It's I with the SGI, it's a whole I love that organization. It's uh it's a lay Buddhist organization. There's no priests. I really believe that that's we don't need any priests, you don't need any intermediaries between you and your enlightenment, so blah blah blah. Anyway, but I before that I used to practice Zen and I was uh I was having instruction, one on one instruction with the monk. I was talking about the thinking, you know, negative thinking and he 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 made a uh, he gave, he told the story, and I'll share it with you. Uh, he said that so he was like many every, everybody wants to play the piano, a beautiful uh, a uh, you know they would like to sit down and play a beautiful concert on the piano, Beethoven, Chopin, but. Well, I'm trying to remember how he put it. So he's, uh, he went to see this amazing pianist, and his friend said to him, 
oh, I wish I could play the piano like that. And uh, he said, well, you know, you really don't because if you did, you would, you you would put in the effort. Okay, so his point was that you you go to a concert, you see the 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 musician playing the piano, and you hear the beautiful music, but you don't see the all the struggle. You don't see the sour or hear the sour notes or the times that he practiced but didn't want to didn't practiced anyway he, he didn't want to do it he didn't feel like it he, but he did it anyway all you all the struggle the the uh, the mind game that you play with yourself just to get yourself to to the piano to play and um all you hear at that moment are, is the beautiful music so it's sort of like that i, I he was making the correlation between that and th our thoughts so it's sort of like sitting on a uh, the side of a river and watching the raging river go by or falling in the river and getting swept away. His point was that there's work to be done. Like, I want to be happy, right? I want to be productive and not sit around wasting my life thinking of like, oh, the, um, you know, I hate, this is, uh, I hate life, this is a, uh, I'm depressed, whatever it might be, but I don't want to put in the work to have the benefit. Anyway, so I started, I really came to believe that everything is a choice. So waking up in the morning, now I have a choice, like I don't drink a day at a time, right? But I also have a choice how I, how I uh, approach the day. If I feel myself getting down, it's... I kind of want to sit on that side of the raging river other than, rather than fall into it and get swept away. And the remedy to that is getting off my ass and doing things and helping other people and creatures. I do a lot of work with the New York City feral cats, as, as you guys know. So getting out of my own small world and my own... Um, inverted thinking, so to speak. Why am I sharing this? I don't know. Uh, hopefully, I don't know. It just came up. It's not, it is what we're talking about. It, it is and it isn't. I don't mind just being more personal and getting to know everybody and letting people know me. Who cares? Eventually, I'll be dead. We'll all be dead. We'll, what, what, what does it matter, right? And I'm not saying that as a, you know, uh, trying to be morose, but that's just, it is what it is. It's true. That, and that's why when you think about the, the courage to live an authentic life, right, <laughs> to bring it back to what we're, where we started, then what a waste, right? Like walking around in the closet or not, not being yourself, not daring, not, or wasting time, you know, uh, shut away and uh, not out there participating. And I believe right now is... We have so much opportunity and also responsibility to get the hell out and participate in saving this country. And there's many ways that we can do that. Everybody has their place, whether you're, you're somebody that knocks on doors or somebody that uh, calls Congress people or volunteers or you're the person 
that shows up and says, I want to be a, I want to run for office or I want to be uh, the, the person on the front lines, so to speak. Some people want to go and do civil disobedience. I believe that, that that's 100% necessary too. Yeah, all of those things. We all have our place, but um, we're, it's all, you know, we're in this together. So, all right, does I, I haven't checked in with you in a minute, but the point was, we, we're, we, what I was, what I, what I saw Mick Mulvaney wearing that stupid, tacky shirt. Did, I don't know if you guys saw it. I will, I'll post it right now just so we can all see it on the podcast. If if you're uh, if you're viewing it, obviously you'll be able to see it. But if you are listening on the podcast, it's a picture of Mick Mulvaney. Here we go. Come on, man. Now I sound like Joe Biden. Come on, man. That's what. That's how he talks. Come on, man. Why isn't this working? Hold on, guys. Come on, man. Here we go. Oh, my God. What am I looking at? What the hell? So he's wearing a red, white, and blue monstrosity with a Space Force hat. With a stupid-looking face. I mean, you can't help it, just like I can't help my, my, my voice. But, <laughs> I mean, anyway. Um, there you go. That's why it's, it's exactly what we say all the time. Republicans, they, they wear the flag. They love the flag so much, but they have absolutely no idea what, the, what it means. They love it. They wear it though. These these there are my there might be some Republicans that really they think they love America. Obviously, what are they? I think that they're misinformed though. What do you love about America? You don't love America. You hate everybody in it. You hate immigrants. You hate uh, you you want to turn this country over to corporate greed with absolutely no regard to the people in it, the environment, the the communities we share. But this is an article in in the Washington Post that from July. It says President Trump is now pretending that when the crowd at his latest bac- bacchanal of hate chanted "Send her back," it caused him great distress. And this is from Paul Waldman. He's doing what he often does when receiving criticism: lie about it, but with a lie so obvious that his his supporters know he's not really serious and that he still wants them to go on doing what they're doing. That's exactly. They're so anyway, this is a very long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. So right now, Republicans are struggling to answer questions about this in a way that doesn't implicate them in the fact that the racist president they have slavishly supported is making quite making it quite clear that racism will be the foundation of his reelection effort and that the most ardent racists among his supporters couldn't be happier about it. I mean, this is a racist president. And why? And administration. And party. It's, it's over. It's not... Um, the, the quiet part is, out, is said out loud. The cat's out of the bag. We have been saying this for years. Republicans have been 
denying it. How do you deny it? Look at what they do. This is the same party that supposedly loves Jesus. Didn't, didn't the, Jesus say, know them by their fruits? What? Know them by their fruits. Who has Twitler appointed? This country is a diverse nation, a nation of immigrants. In, in a few short years, thank, thankfully, thank the sky spook, it will be a majority-minority nation. White people will finally be in the, majority, in the minority. That'll be nice. Finally, I'm so sick of these crying white bastards. Mick Mulvaney, has he cried yet? All of that, they cry a lot. These white, there's nothing, that's, there's nothing that says white privilege more than a crying white Republican nominee sitting in front of Congress crying or a, or a congressman himself crying when they're caught out, caught in the act of being themselves, when they're, when they're called to the carpet for being exactly who they are and promoting policies, racist-ass policies. Oh, I'm not racist. My friend is racist. My, so, my uh, niece is racist. I mean, not racist, black. That's what they say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm not racist. My, th I'm thinking of Mark Meadows when he cried, when he brought his prop out there uh, and said, because they were saying, oh, Trump, when Michael Cohen was testifying in front of Congress, he's like, Trump is a racist. Of course he is. We, we have eyes. You don't have to say it. It's sort of like what's going on now with the uh, with his him, him being a criminal. I mean, he's a criminal. Him with the bribery with Ukraine. He's, I want no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. This covering his ass by saying um, it's like going into a bank and sticking a gun in the teller's face and saying, I don't want anything. Just do the right thing. I don't want, I'm not robbing this bank. Just do the right thing. And then, the, I mean, what do we, you have to, is that how it works now? When you're in the midst of a crime, you have to announce it? I'm picking your pocket now. Bing, ba -dum, ba -dum. gotta sneak up. I'm sneaking up behind you now. Big boop, oh, whoops, there goes your wallet. I mean, like, you're supposed to announce it? The, these Republicans, I mean, I understand that they're, Followers are dumb as, as Republicans, but the rest of us are normal. You know, you don't even have to be a Democrat. Most human beings, we're not, we, that's why they're in the minority, the Republicans. That's why they receive fewer votes, and they have to rig and gerrymander and steal votes because they're in the minority, they, and they hate this country. They hate democracy. So where is this Mark Meadows? Here we go. Here's Mark Meadows. Oh, wait, I have this video here. I don't know. We'll just take a trip down memory lane with Mark Meadows for a second. Uh, we'll see how long we can handle it or stand it, I should say. Do you think the president of the United States is making decisions in the best interests of the American people? No, I don't. Especially those you said that he used horrible words about, like African-Americans, Muslim-Americans, and immigrants? Yes. This is the just to make Michael note, Cohen Mr. Chairman, hearing. Just because someone has a personal and, call. And uh, Rashida Tlaib, for those on the podcast. A black person working for them does not mean they aren't <laughs> racist. And it is insensitive that some would even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black yes. woman, in this chamber, in this committee. Yes. And for to refresh everybody's memory, Mark Meadows brought... 
a black woman out and uh, and displayed her for the for the house hearings as evidence that Twitler isn't a racist because how could he be racist? This woman is black and he and she works for him. So who like that that matters. So what? Condoleezza Rice was part of the Bush administration. That's what he would do. When they said when Bush said that when they accused him of being racist, he would just point to Condoleezza Rice. I got a black friend. Doesn't matter what we do, what policies we promote, the kiss up kick down policies of racial discord and division that keeping people in their place, making sure because the Republicans need this country divided. That's the they, they understand that. They don't want to ensure that we're, we have things like Medicare for all or universal health care, I mean, uh, universal higher education, because they don't want us to understand that uh, if you, we're in this together, they need the American people divided against each other. So all they have to do, it doesn't matter what their policies are, they just point to, they'll point to some black person, which is racist in itself. Look at what they're doing. Look at their policies. That's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. That's racism. And then they cry racism in reverse. They talk about something called reverse racism, which is, which is a fiction. No one, there's no uh, reverse racism. There's no laws again in this country against white, uh, uh, white male privilege. Oh, according to them, though, right? They're, they're so put upon. They're so picked on. Because they like the good old days when they could call somebody the N-word, you know, without some B-word getting all uppity about it. That's what they're, this is what it's all about. They, like, they want their power and privilege because they know how inadequate they are, ultimately. That's why they hate democracy. They can't, they can't uh, compete normally and fairly on the, on the field of ideas, no matter what. Even if it's, uh, if it's their corporations, they can't compete. That's why they have to bribe politicians and corrupt government. Make sure it stays that way. So here's... Is uh, alone racist in itself. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is setting... Mr. Chairman, I am... Oh, here we go. Donald here Trump we go. President. I reclaim you guys my remember time. this? Mr. Trump chairman. Setting a president Mr. Chairman. The highest office can be... A we should do a montage, or I should do it, or whatever. We, all of us. Maybe there's somebody will cut a montage of, of re- white male Republicans interrupting women, especially. There, I, 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 there is actually. I have this other video. I'll we'll get back to this in a second. Now that I think about it, of Debbie Wasserman Schultz interviewing Ken Cuccinelli. This was a couple of weeks ago about his Americans racist policies. Americans the country aren't fooled by this administration's specious attempts to distinguish between documented and undocumented immigration. You and Mr. Trump don't want anyone who looks or talks differently than Caucasian. And for those who don't know, Ken Cuccinelli is the, what is he, the immigration, yeah, immigration chief. And he's one of the, of the fascists responsible for the kids in cages. Americans to be allowed into this country. That's false. I'm sorry. That's Please don't interrupt you me. See, you and see I'd this like son of a bitch? He, that's false. They have absolutely no respect, not just for women, for the entire government, the system of government. He, this whole um, 
the attack on the institutions of government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us is offensive. That's defamatory. Excuse me. It's there's defamatory. Nothing... What? But putting kids in cages isn't though, right? Sorry about it. And the the, the gentlelady lady controls the time, and the witness will get a chance to respond. Thank you very much. You want to block all immigration and make life harder for immigrants, and you have demonstrated that you will pursue this heinous white supremacist ideology at all costs, even if it means making critically ill children your collateral damage in the process. And this goes to a comprehensive pattern of harm at USCIS under your leadership. In August, you announced the administration's new public charge rule, for example, which would deny legal status to immigrants who use social services. Mr. Cuginelli, has USCIS done any analysis of how many children may stop receiving critical services due to fear of le losing legal status under this rule? And I'd like you to answer that question, please. After declaring that I am not a white supremacist, as uh, you alluded, you have, in, you have had white <clears throat> nor is the followed. president. Oh, really? Um, okay. And uh, facts matter. Exactly. Yes, they do. Yes, right. they do. Truth Which is why matters. I'm stating them here today. Yes, no, Please you certainly are not. You're, Please you're answer the question. How many children... certainly cloaked in legislative privilege. How many privilege, children may stop means receiving... You can get cloaked in legislative privilege. But he's cloaked in white privilege, white male privilege, that allows him to sit there and, and with his arrogance, the arrogance of, of, uh, of, an, of an autocrat, really, to disparage a legally elected, popularly elected representative of the people. That, and that goes to show you how much disrespect that these filthy fascist Republicans have for our system of government. And we should all be offended. And Republicans, but they, that's who they are. It has always been about dismantling the system of, of democracy. We know that. They are America haters because they they are they they they're like Putin's oligarchs. That's what they want. They don't care about advancing democratic interests around the globe. This thing called the grand experiment. They don't give a crap. They are nothing but self-dealing sycophants. It doesn't matter who that gets in their way whether it be a, uh, a senator, a representative, or a baby coming across the border, being ripped from the arms of its mother. That's who these people are, filthy fascists. Claiming my time due to fear of le losing legal status under this rule, and I'd like you to answer that question. After declaring that I am not a white supremacist, as uh, you alluded, you have, in, you have <coughs> had white supremacists. Nor well, is my it. president. Prove it then. Stop being a fascist. Stop ripping babies from the arms of their mothers because they're brown and trying to seek asylum in this country. Stop supporting a filthy fascist that is turning this country's back 50 years, or at least trying to, appointing nothing but white people into permanent positions in the judiciary. That's just the tip of the iceberg. If he's not a racist, uh, why isn't he trying at least to make the lifetime positions on the court look a little bit more like this country. He wants white people at the top, white men, rich white men, and that's it. This is the, uh, an attack on democracy. They want to turn this country into uh, like Putin's Russia, where and if, the, whoever, I, I, I don't know why they want it to be Twitler of all people, but he's at the top. And he'll bestow 
positions on all of his uh, all of his flunkies and sycophants, and the rest of us will all have to scramble down here for the crumbs. Um, and uh, facts matter. Yes, they do. Yes, right. they do. Truth Which is why matters. I'm stating them here. Today. Yes, no, you certainly the are not. You're, Please you're answer the question. How many children? The arrogance. The arrogance of this this son of a bitch. How many children may stop means you can get away reclaiming from not my time? Truth. Unbelievable. And, and what what do you think would happen if we behaved like that in in Congress? But these Trump flunkies get away with it because I mean I don't know. It's what aren't there. Isn't there like contempt of Congress or something that they could do to these people? Fine them? Anything. You acted like that in a courtroom, you would be fined or, or hauled off to, to spend some time thinking about what you've been doing or what you, how you behaved. If there's no respect for the system, everything starts to fall down. If you, there's, no, there's no teeth to the, to the judiciary or to these hearings, then... And they could behave like uh, entitled teenagers with who can get away with whatever the hell they get away with. That that level of disrespect, I don't know. Um, that's when it all comes crumbling down. There's no who. Why should anybody respect the system? But that's the point, though. These the this is what's going on. They are dismantling this country. I'm trying to find this other article I had pulled. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. Here's a here's one. That that other article was from the Washington Post when Twitter was going after Representative Omar, telling and chanting, "Send her back." They were all the filthy fascists uh, at the Nuremberg rallies were chanting, "Send her back." This is another article by David Mas Masikiora. I don't know. Whatever. God help me. Really, Mask. Kiora, uh, God help me. I should just say David M. Um, and it's called Donald Trump and the Republican Party Hate America. It's time to say it. I mean, I could have written this, frankly. I've been saying this forever. Thankfully, it's uh, catching on. This is what we need to get out there in the public consciousness. Don't be afraid to tell your, your friends, your family, the, the bottom line, they hate this country. I don't care how many stupid, tacky American flag shirts they wear. They hate this country. It's, they hate the fundamental system. They hate democracy. They hate e pluribus unum, out of many one. Are you kidding me? They hate the whole concept of pledging your lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other lives that they're all about them fortunes forget about it they need the concentrated wealth it sucks to be you if i i'll trickle on you if you're lucky for a photo op perhaps like twitler and uh sacred honor these people have no honor there's absolutely zero honor in a in a republican have i'm not i wish i was wrong I wish I was just being hyperbolic. Show me an honorable Republican. The honorable Republicans that they have are have gone. They're they're they've left the Republican Party or they died. The, and I don't even believe, like for instance, John McCain. He's so honorable. He's the one that everybody holds up for being so honorable. Why? He's the one that if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have a Twitler. They inflicted Sarah Palin on us. 
Oh, because, oh, he's honorable because when during his, when he was running for president, when some idiot, one of, oh, of course, a Republican, said Barack Obama was a Muslim, like it's an insult to say that, then he said, oh, no, he's not, ma'am. He's a good person. So we're supposed to be like, oh, remember those days of decorum? When even in when they're trying to be decent people, they're throwing an entire community of of a, a minority group du jour under the bus. So we're supposed to be like, oh, fondly recalling when we uh, Republicans had a soul when they didn't even have a soul. And this is during when he's trying to run for president with a an unqualified idiot. As vice president, who's a one one heartbeat away, one seventy-eight year old cancer survivor's heartbeat away from the presidency. Sarah Palin, and even after they knew that she was unqualified, that what an idiot she was, they knew that they didn't know that before. Of course, they knew that. They ju- they wanted to pull the wool over the eyes of the American people as usual. They needed somebody who was who fit who ticked off certain boxes. For them, oh, she's uh, she's cute. She's a uh, she's a Christian. She's anti-abortion. All this shit. So she would be she'd she'd appeal to their evangelical base. But little did they know what would appeal to the evangelical base. Now they have a tax cheating, draft dodging, porn star paying off con man. You know who who uh, not only received fewer votes, he grifts. The he grips the cha- the charity of vet for for from veterans. He takes money out of the charity that he set up for veterans. This asshole, and you know a guy with a fake university and a vitamin scheme, non FDA approved vitamins, of course, because I'm sure the FDA the licensing is probably a pain in the ass, and who needs that? Who needs to go through that when there's a when you gotta shove something down these idiots' gullet and make a buck? So what? Whatever. Maybe it'll grow a third uh, nipple or something. Who cares? But as long as Donald Trump gets paid, doesn't matter what damage these drugs that he was peddling d- does to people. It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing but sugar pills. Anyway, who knows? If you're lucky, I wouldn't doubt it though that it came from China and it was it was filled with lead. Or some carcinogen, no doubt, because it's cheaper that way. You get that you import from China, you don't have to deal with all these pesky regulations of making a vitamin actually be a vitamin or something edible. At least, hey, no one ever died from too much lead, or I don't know, they have, but who cares? You get to see Jesus quicker. So this article, uh, let's see, he says, for most of part of uh, modern political history, the Republican Party has used patriotism as a weapon to shame critics and also those who take advantage of it for political expediency. America has collapsed into a prone position, however, where scoundrels are so brazen in their inhumanity, so bold in their indifference to suffering, and so barbaric in their refusal to compromise for the sake of their own country that their own language can aptly describe them. President Donald Trump, his enablers in Congress, and his most devoted supporters are anti-American and soft on terrorism. Hello. 
Progressives have suffered through years of maudlin accusations from conservative politicians and pundits how they hate the real America because they are, according to this absurd allegation, they have no respect for small towns that populate the heartland, which is all bullshit, of course. President Trump, well, I don't have respect for them now. I don't have respect. It's not the small town. It's the people who vote for Republicans. Them, I hate. Those people, I can't stand. Because I'm sick of them, frankly. I'm sick of them dragging the entire country down, being stupid enough to be manipulated by a con man, and, and having to basically take orders from the representatives that these idiots send to Congress who represent a population that is is smaller than Astoria, Queens. And here's Tara Jr. joining the party. Tara Jr. Jr., to be precise. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing, Jr.? All right, relax. All right. The where, But I, I enjoy the fact that these articles are being written. This is a positive sign. The Republican Party is irredeemable. And it must go the way of the Whigs. But what, it, what will be its, what, what, you know, in the vacuum? What will fill that vacuum? I already, we know. Who knows what it is? We have one incredibly fascist right-wing party. And then we have the, the Democratic Party, which is now the sane Republican Party. And then we have the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. So I don't know what will happen. I really believe that we, we, you know, as I tell you every week, the Democratic Party, the DLC Democrats are part of the problem. And they, and they need to be called out too. Actually, in fact, I, here's another good thing. I should have, I don't know, maybe I should have named this show a little differently tonight. Because I was thinking about when I go through the articles that we're going to talk about and what's going on in the week, every week, it's it's something else. I was going on about um, or thinking about talking about the billionaires who are constantly crying now. The that that Len, what's his name, Len uh, or Les Cooperman. He's on CNBC every other day crying now about how he loves this country. And he they're all afraid of Elizabeth Warren. And they never mention Bernie. Bernie is, they, it doesn't matter that Bernie is, has received record contributions, that the, the most contributions from individual donors. He, there is a Bernie blackout going on in the corporate media. And as far as Elizabeth Warren, they're not quite ignoring her in the same way. They are vilifying her and dismantling her and attacking her incessantly for Medicare for All and her fantastical policies of ensuring that you don't have to go on GoFundMe for your cancer treatment, like every other country on earth, that it's just, it's amazing. But that's the corporate media. They have a vested interest in keeping, uh, ensuring that democracy doesn't really break out and these progressive policies that built the middle class to begin with. The middle class didn't happen because, um, you know, a billionaire felt like trickling it on us. And this is the, uh, that's the, the frame that they're pushing. And just the fact that there's a Bernie blackout and the attacks on Elizabeth Warren, because now they're saying, oh, nobody likes Medicare for all. That's bullshit. 
the American people, the, ma- the majority, it is now in the majority, and it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or an independent. Of course, the majority, it's over, I think it's like 80% or something of Democrats are for Medicare for all. And then it's, it, obviously, Republicans are less. But if you know what would happen if we had Medicare for all. The Republicans would all, they'd all be on it, of course, they'd have to be, but they'd all fight as if uh, it wouldn't take a generation for the Republicans themselves, for the Republicans in power to turn around and start positioning themselves as the champions of Medicare for all. You know what I mean? That's who they are. That's the same thing they do with Social Security, which I like to call Socialist Security now, because they're now they're the champions of Socialist Security, right? when they fight tooth and nail. And so the Democratic Party, of course, this is why we need a real media in this country. And, of course, I ask you to become a patron and to donate to keep shows like this show and and Mike Malloy and, um, you know, and Bob Kincaid, who's, I have his mug right here, the horn. Keep these shows, the independent liberal voices going because that's what we're up against. And the people who are actually fighting for the, uh, the American dream, they're getting eviscerated by the corporate media. Uh, because look at, look at the, who runs the corporate media. It's corporations. These billionaires, these crying billionaires who are whining about how... I, I don't understand that, um, what, we, we won't be the least upwardly mobile anymore or the we won't be uh the the uh, record income disparity they are they'll they'll be one less zero on their bank statement they'll have they might have to pay some taxes the corporations like amazon billion dollar companies well they might have to pay something Unlike uh, Amazon, unlike FedEx, paid zero taxes. You and I paid more taxes than FedEx and Amazon, which is, that is a, it's a disgrace. Like, I don't even want to say that word because you know who's, that's Twitler's favorite word besides how everything is unfair. Everything is a disgrace. It's unfair, right? It's a witch hunt. I mean, these are his favorite words, but. It's um, don't be fooled, though, that the fact that the corporate media and the entire establishment are they're in a confederacy against the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, pushing for the real progressive solutions that will fix fix the problems in this country. Yeah, nothing. Of course, you don't you fix everything 100 percent. Everything is a work in progress, of course. But it's one of the, it's a step in the right direction to make this country less unequal, you know, more egalitarian, coming through on the promises of our founding documents and the American dream. What is the American dream? They have redefined it into being, you can be an entrepreneur. Now, they, it, it goes from, uh, with Republicans, it's like, you can be a billionaire and in the, uh, in the back rooms of power, making deals, you know, kissing up and kicking down for all for yourself. I mean, look at Giuliani. What a disgusting human being flying around the globe 
coming up with ways to funnel more money into his own pockets. I mean, these people are disgusting. They're like rapacious little vampire bats. That's what he reminds me of, just sucking the blood out of Earth. Wherever he can get a get a grip, wherever his fangs can get a hold on, he's it's and it never he's not they're not out there doing anything good or decent or helping anybody. They're not making uh, educating people or trying to I don't know contribute to Earth before they step off this mortal coil. It's they need more money, more money. How much money does he need? You know what I mean? I, I don't understand. How much money does Giuliani need? How much do... It's like... It, it is a sickness. They are dis, very disturbed human beings. And for any average American to vote for these idiots is pretty... Uh, is, is disgusting, frankly. How you, you like to be a sucker, I guess? You like to be ridden to the bank? Oh, speaking of, think I just want to show this because I'm I don't want to go into the next thing, it, and it's kind of along the same lines of talking about what we're talking about, of course. But this picture that I saw on Twitter, and I wanted I I grabbed a a shot of it because I wanted to share it with you, because if my eyeballs had to see this, you guys got to see it too. To believe it, what do you think of this? <coughs> Excuse me is a woman standing next to her car. What, is her license plate California? I think so. Trump, the, with a picture of Jesus on the back window. The ma- Trump, the man who left his great life to be defamed, mocked, ridiculed, humiliated, to serve America and protect America. Donald is mine. Choose divine. Stand with him before man, and I will. Oh, <laughs> that, that's not a period. There's another sentence. Stand with him before man, and I will stand with you before my Father in heaven. Are you serious, lady? That's, a, that's somebody who, is she having a stroke? Do we need to call 911? That, this person has vandalized their car with stickers of Trump the sticky alphabet and spelled this out on the back of her vehicle. So wherever she drives, people are like, what is this? That is, it's really frightening, frankly, that we share the same air as somebody, as this person who, I don't know what, what happened to her? Is she, is she stupid? Or she's just, a victim of uh, Fox News propaganda. I don't know. I do not get it. Is that, is it work? I guess it is working, the the devaluing truth. She doesn't hear the truth? I mean, she didn't, she doesn't have Google. She can't just Google Twitler's uh, long, long history of crimes against against human beings, not paying people who work for him, who did jobs on his tacky hotels, bankruptcies, cheating on his wives, porn stars, flying around, making, uh, being a, uh, I mean, what I'm trying to say, I'm thinking, what's the word? He was involved with fraud in a, in a bank in Turkey. They, Flew him in. They were trying to defraud the bank, these grifters, other 
con men and grifters. They were trying to defraud this bank in Turkey, and they flew Donald Trump in. They gave him a million dollars to pretend. Well, they took a picture uh, where they pretend <laughs> they pretended to break ground on a building that they had no intention of building. They were just robbing the bank of their of a loan of a gigantic loan that they were never going to pay back. So it was a complete con from A to Z. And this guy, he was involved in it to for the tune of a million dollars. He got a million dollars. That was his cut. And that's somebody who we're supposed to believe is so rich, right? He's so rich. We, if we, when we see his tax returns, we're going to, we're going to fall to our knees in envy. It's, it is a cult. It's a frightening one. And Exhibit A to why you do not give Republicans power. Because if they were really legitimately working for this country and they cared about this country, they wouldn't, they would know what they, that they, the power that they have to influence these poor suckers. And instead of, of making them more insane, they would, they would educate them. They would tell them the truth. And no, but they're instead they want to they will encourage this the bizarre behavior and ride it for as much as they can get out of it. And what what is this poor sucker getting out of it? She I guess she feels like she belongs or something. I don't know what it is. What's it's a cult. It definitely it, it has all the characteristics of a cult. And one of the characteristics is that the cult leader is the definite who, who he is the or well, most likely it's always a not always but predominantly a he he is the arbiter of what is truth and no one else can uh, can penetrate that cult that's what they have to go through deprogramming you have to i mean you see these shows and, and read these stories about people families in crisis their their son their daughters involved in a cult and they got to get them back they get they hire somebody to deprogram they kidnap them they put them in a hotel for 3 days and they deprogram them it's, uh, it's a long process because they've been brainwashed it's like a mental illness and it's so funny because as you know being a normal person a progressive that throughout for the year, for many years, Republicans are always like, "Oh, liberalism is a mental disorder," Li right? They, that's what we hear. All the, in fact, there's a book with that title, and I don't know who wrote it. I can't remember one of the one of the America haters, but they, it's it's they never dis disappoint. It's opposite day every day with Republicans is opposite day when they they call us. They say that we have a mental disorder. That's because they have a mental disorder and it's right there on display for all of the time that, that Obama was in office and they were constantly whining how the American people have how liberals were they looked at Obama like he was their leader you know like he was a king a god no we never did that they do that to their Saint Reagan and this idiot now are you serious him of all people it's not, and it is happening. It's not a drill. It's happening. When you see the cabinet sit down in, in the White House and have to go around and, and kiss Twitler's ass in public 
before they can get out a word, get a word in edgewise about anything, they have to begin with how amazing the dear leader, the dumb Fuhrer is. That's a problem, and they have absolutely no shame. So they, they're unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation, clearly. They, don't, they have no place in this nation. They need to get out. They need to go to wherever auto, uh, autocracy will, they'll, they'll be more comfortable in. And as I was saying, you know, just build a wall around yourselves, honey. Build a wall. We don't care. We'll not miss you. Like, we're going to miss Kansas? Go. Take it. Take it as your base. It's Kansas, Tennessee. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are nice people there, too. Well, you'll be welcome here. Oh, my God. All right. I see the time. I'm going to get some coffee. Right, Junior? <laughs> right? Hello? I'm trying to make him meow. Tara Jr.? Yes. You're a good boy. So, it's coffee time. We're still... We still got an hour to go, my friends. I appreciate everyone for hanging out every Saturday evening. It It is the highlight of my week. I'm not saying it should be the highlight of yours. I hope it is. I would be honored if that was the case. I don't know. What do I know? I just keep showing up, and it's... Seems to be working, I guess. We seem to be growing. We only have, I mean, we don't have a lot, enough to, enough patrons to make this show a daily show. But eventually, I, I have hope if we continue to not give up. That is the secret to life, anyway. Never giving up. You just keep showing up. Keep showing up, and it eventually, you never know, anyway. You guys are my strength half the time. Sometimes I'm not even kidding. Sometimes I'm like, oh, and I think about, I think about you guys, and I'm like, nope, you cannot give up. You cannot get the hell out of. It. I do want to get out of here sometimes. I really do. I'm like, I think, am I too old to start over completely in Ireland? You know what I mean? Maybe if it was 20 years ago, but do I, I really legitimately have done research on getting the F out of here. So, uh, I wonder. But then I'd miss all the fun, right? <laughs> I'd miss the the feeling of satisfaction when we finally get Medicare for all, let's say. Or it's, I mean, I can't say we'll get this country back quickly. But I don't know. Maybe I'll be... Maybe I'll live to see it. Who the hell knows? But it's not just about electing a Democrat. There's so much work to be done. It's not even funny. It's exhausting. All right, guys. I'm going to take an eight-minute break for the, for the, to make myself some coffee because I feel my, my throat getting a little raspy. And I don't want anybody to be irritated with my voice like a rake on a chalkboard. It is what it is. I can't help it. My, I, I blame my mother. I sound like my mother, actually. Sometimes I'll, I'll listen to my voice, and I'll, it, it remind. I can hear my mother calling me if I have to say my name or something. I'll hear my mother saying Tara. <laughs> you know what I mean? I sound like my mother. So, blame her. She sounded. I guess she had an annoying rake on a chalkboard voice too. 
But that, then I got to think about if you're a progressive, that's what you're doing. You're writing me a letter about how my voice is a rake on a chalkboard. Go do something productive. What does that do? Does that help anything? You really can't. Oh, you know what really got me too? He was like, I don't mean to offend, <laughs> but your voice is like a rake on a chalkboard. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that information, bub? You know what I mean? And I'm sure you're not uh, singing soprano yourself. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Um, you guys, you don't care that I my voice is like a rake on a chalkboard and I have trouble sometimes with words. It is. I can't help it. So I think I have a slight speech impediment. I'm not just saying that. I have... But, but I've never been diagnosed, but whatever. Sometimes I wonder to myself because of the way I have trouble with words. Just sometimes they just get stuck. Maybe I have a little stutter like Joe Biden. That's the other thing he said recently. He said that it came out that, I mean, I think it's bullshit, frankly, that Joe Biden has a stutter. He struggled with a stutter when he was a kid. And that's why he has trouble during the debates. Well, I mean, now you're coming out and saying this. Why, why didn't we know about this earlier? It, it feels like a cover to me, but maybe it's true. I don't know. But all right, guys, I'm cutting into the second half of the show now. I don't mean to do that. Let me get some coffee that will help my little voice. Thank you, guys. You guys are making me feel better on the chat. Giving me my voice some compliments. I appreciate that. I mean, what can you do? I'm not going to st stop speaking. What am I supposed to do? Just I'm not NPR. That's not this show. I mean, come on. If you want to go listen to NPR, go listen to NPR. That's a soothing voice, right? Hello, everyone. This is Tara Devlin. Welcome to Tara Buster. I mean, I could do that. I would put myself to sleep. All right. I'm going to take a break. We have the same old, as we know, the uh, Green News Report with Brad and Desi and Labor History in two. So it'll be about eight minutes. A little. Oh, shit. You know what I just realized? Oh, no. All right. It might be a little messed up, the cut because I didn't actually cut it. I just pulled the videos in. I use a Premiere, Adobe Premiere, and I use the same video as a template to make these videos these every week, but I realized I just pulled the videos in and hit play, and hit render, I mean, so I, it may not even be cut properly. <laughs> Oh, brother, this is where my head is. Yeah, I keep missing step, steps. Maybe one day we'll have engineers and I won't have to do this and do the, do, cut the goddamn videos too, so. All right. <laughs> listen, listen, as you are listening, I will see you in about eight minutes.
Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. Leading the world in resolving the climate crisis will be a multi-decade project. We're facing the great existential crisis of our time. This is not a Democrat issue or Republican issue. We take on the biggest challenge in history. We save the world and we do it together. Climate change finds its way into the latest Democratic debate. As greenhouse gas concentrations reach record highs, with 2019 now the wettest year on record for the lower 48. Plus, the Oxford word of the year is climate emergency. The words heard round the world. All of those emergencies and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The fossil fuel industry is probably criminally liable because they have lied and lied and lied. Have they lied, Bernie? They have lied and lied and lied. That's what I hear. This is your Green News Report. And lied. Okay, Desi Doyen, well, our climate emergency didn't only make its way into the Democratic presidential debate recently, it's also made its way into the Oxford Dictionary? Yes, climate emergency is the Oxford Dictionary's word of the year for 2019. Mm. Of course, it's really two words, but who's counting? (laughs) According to the dictionary's data, usage of climate emergency soared nearly 11,000% over the last year, which they say demonstrates a major shift in the way we talk about climate change. Well, that may be good news. Although, looking back at the previous words of the year in 2018, the word was toxic. Yep. Well, that's held up pretty well. But 2017, youthquake? What? Really? Yeah, that's what it is. And in 2016, post-truth. Well, that one is definitely held up. Oh, most definitely. But there is some good news. If you're faced with relatives over the holidays who question climate science, let them know that new research this week finds that among the more than 11,000 peer-reviewed papers that were published in 2019, there was 100% consensus about the reality that human activity is causing climate change. I think we need more study. The bad news, however, is that concentrations of key climate-warming greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, like carbon carbon dioxide and methane have now hit record highs and actually jumped above the average of the last 10 years. That's according to a new report from the United Nations World Meteorological Organization on Monday. The WMO said in a statement, quote, there is no sign of a slowdown despite all of the commitments under the Paris Agreement on climate change. The WMO also notes that the last time atmospheric CO2 levels were this high was three million years ago. Humans didn't exist. The planet was five degrees Fahrenheit hotter and sea levels were 30 to 65 feet higher than today. Sounds nice. And man-made global warming has consequences today. 2019 was officially the wettest year on record in the continental United States. Extensive flooding throughout the Midwest this past spring delayed or prevented many farmers from planting at all and hindered their harvests. Climate change intensified extreme flooding, plus President Trump's voluntary tariff trade war with China were a one-two punch requiring a taxpayer bailout for U.S. farmers. And that bailout, for the record, was twice as large as the auto bailout back in 2008. Meanwhile, the latest Keystone Pipeline oil spill in North Dakota back in October was actually 10 times bigger than the pipeline owner, TC Energy, originally reported. Knock me over with a feather. This spill was on the existing original Keystone Pipeline, 
not the controversial proposed Keystone XL. It spilled more than 300,000 gallons mm. of sticky tar sands oil over more than five acres of crucial wetlands. It was the second large spill on the original Keystone in just the last two years. Well, by all means, let's get that Keystone XL up and running. In politics, billionaire and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg has officially entered the race for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. Bloomberg has donated hundreds of millions of dollars to environmental actions like the Sierra Club's Beyond Carbon campaign, but Bloomberg so far has panned progressive climate policies like the Green New Deal. Thanks for nothing. Finally, because of the impeachment hearings, we didn't get to cover the most recent Democratic debate held in Atlanta. A climate change question was asked. What? So that is an improvement. But the time allotted was really not equal to the scale of the challenge, and only a few candidates were allowed to speak. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders was the only one who spoke of holding fossil fuel companies criminally liable for lying about their role in climate change. And South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg called for incentivizing farmers to capture emissions with innovative, regenerative agriculture techniques. American farming should be one of the key pillars of how we combat climate change. I believe that the quest for the carbon negative farm could be as big a symbol of dealing with climate change as the electric car in this country. They actually, even though it was a very short time, very late in the debate, had quite a substantive conversation for a change. Yeah, it was neat. We'll see if that neatness continues in the debates ahead. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith. And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1937. That was the day the National Labor Relations Board began hearings on an unfair labor practice brought by the International Mine Mill and Smelters. Mine Mill had been fighting the union-busting tactics at Eagle Pitcher Lead Company. The union had been organizing lead and zinc miners in the tri-state area of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. During the Great Depression, they built the union by emphasizing safer working conditions, stressing that hazards of silicosis and tuberculosis. In their book, Deadly Dust, Silicosis and the Politics of Occupational Disease, Gerald Markowitz and David Rosmer note that one of Mine Mill's demands included the elimination of the company clinic. They argued it was used to target and fire diseased workers rather than provide a safe work environment. Mine Mill also organized in other area industries to counteract the near total power of mine owners in the region. When the union called a strike at area mines in May 1935, the area's largest producer, Eagle Pitcher Lead, moved quickly to force a lockout and establish a company union. During the hearings, the union was limited in its ability to raise health and safety issues. They did win reinstatement and back pay for workers fired during the strike, but the case brought national attention to silicosis in the tri-state area. In a letter to Francis Perkins the following year, the head of the Cherokee County Central Labor Body hoped to secure legislation to compel the companies to install ventilation systems and safety devices. He noted the average life of a miner was seven to 10 years, with many dying in two or three years. But sadly, a federal standard on silica was still decades away. Labor History in Two, brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on the Twitters at Labor History in Two.
All right. Thanks for hanging out and sticking around. Thank you. My name is Tara Devlin. Welcome back. Actually, the the cut on the video was been was fine. That was a happy accident. Okay, we we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m., so thanks for hanging out. And if you're on Facebook or Twitter or on the Twitch channel, we are also on YouTube. There's most of the of the chatting is um, reading. I'm reading the chats from the YouTube chat. So I want to thank uh, everyone. But if you're if you're on these other channels, come join us in, on the YouTube chat because you'll meet a lot of really cool people. And we're here all the time. <laughs> Not every day, but that's our goal. And I'm looking on the chat. I see a couple of super chats came in. I, I, of course, Jim was, came out of the gate. Thank you, Jim. And Mark, thank you so much. I want to thank... I saw a couple... Ibra, I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, from Iraq. That's amazing. We're, this is why I love the internet. Where It's a window onto the world, and I appreciate that that we get to meet so many people. I hope you're I hope everything's going well for you guys in Iraq. I don't know. God help us all. Be safe. And Jim Jim also came with another super chat. This is getting me you're making me blush here. Thank you guys. And MR oh my God. I just saw that. Thank you so much. Listen, hey Listen, as I always say, we stick together, we win. I don't know. I feel kind of silly, too. Nobody likes begging for money or whatever. It's a team effort. I understand. It takes money. It is what it is. Everything costs money. Even the stream costs money. The The program that I stream the show through, that costs money. The restream costs money. Everything costs money. The phone system costs money. It's annoying. <laughs> The Shopify store costs money. If we made money, that would be great. But um, yeah, we have a merchandising store. That's another good thing. You can check that out. What else? Thank you for, and of course the patron, the patron. The super chats are great because that's sort of like real-time feedback and I appreciate that. Sort of like if you go to a club or something, you buy, buy a drink, put a tip in the jar or whatever, you know what I mean? It's sort of like that. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. And the patrons, if you guys have any suggestions to come up with what we can do, patron-only content, that would be really helpful, too. I was thinking of maybe doing the, the Francis Jr. Jr. origin story for patron-only. I just have to uh, carve out some time. That wasn't my idea. So that was a, a viewer-submitted suggestion. This isn't the show. It's not just me begging for money and thanking patrons, but... I have to say thank you to Andrea and Anthony and Cynthia. And, and a lot of you guys are on Patreon anyway, and you're still throwing super chats at, at me. So that's it's thank you. That's all I can say. Damascus, Cats, Daniel, Deborah, Dwayne, Elaine, Gail, George, Hi-Fi Guy, Haiku, James S., Jane C., Jim, Joan, Joey B, John J, Kathleen, Katie O, K, Lord Wafflecott, Mark F, Martin S, Martin, another Martin S, different names though, Mary C, Max F, Michael D, Michael L D, 
and Michael, another Michael, and Pierre Adu, Peter R., Randall B., Sam S., Stephen K., Susan S., Teresa, and Tony. Thank you, guys. If you send me an email, if you want one of the the clings, the window clings, keep calm and join the resistance. I'd love to. I never say your name, Gene. Where are you? Are you on the Are you on the Patreon? If that's the case, I, it's an oversight. I I have a list here. I apologize if you're a patron and I'm not saying your name. I am so sorry. If that's the case, I'm really serious. I'm looking at the active patrons and I don't see your name. So if you're, but Gene, thank you, Gene. You just that you're here and send me a message. If that's the case, then I'll have to clear it up. Okay. Oh yeah. I know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't see you on this list. That's what's weird. We'll have to, I'll look into it. Okay. I apologize if that's the case. I I don't know, whatever. It's all, it's, I might be pushing a wrong button or something. I don't know. I have a list of active patrons and you're not on it. But if it's, that's the, but anyway, Gene, you're here every week and you're, you contribute all the time. And I appreciate that. And you're an active member of this community. So I, it, I mean, hello, hi. You're my heart, Gene. Gene! Say hello to Gene, Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> okay? Good boy. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, listen, let's get back to the, let's get back to work here. I wanted to show, where, where the hell was it? Not show. Um, I saw this AOC today. Well, it was yesterday, actually. What's today? I'm losing track of time. Today's the 30th. So this actually, oh, God damn it. Do you hear that ad? God damn it. An ad just went flying into my eardrums. Okay, AOC. God bless AOC. So she, this is what we were talking about. I'm, I'm so glad that this is getting out into the public consciousness. Just like we're saying that the the whole, the notion, not it's not a notion, the reality that Republicans hate democracy and they hate America, that that's becoming common knowledge. People are writing about it. They're, they're, they're penning articles that say Republicans hate America. That's a step in the right direction. So AOC called Pete Buttigieg to the carpet for his repeated use of Republican talking points. And this is what gets me so angry about these DLCers. Now you notice we were talking about the corporate media. So it's there's a Bernie bash going on. There's also, there's a Bernie blackout. It's it's a black it it, it fluctuates between a bl a blackout, a Bernie blackout and a Bernie bash. If they're if they're if it's not a blackout, it's a bash. They're never talking positively about him or just reporting the truth saying that the uh that he uh let's say has well not let's say the the fact that he has the most contributions all the from individual donors and it's always a, something bad they're whether they're saying he's they hate his guts we literally have that 
uh, Donnie Deutsch going how he hates, and he hates uh, Elizabeth Warren, too. Of course he does. He's afraid he might have to pay a little bit more in taxes. The tax, but taxes are the price of admission to a civilized society. But they all—they don't want to pay their price of admission. They need—they like riding on our backs. But AOC, this is this is positive because I'm so—I honestly, okay. Pete Buttigieg is the corporate media darling. He's also the uh, establishment darling now. I don't know why. It's—it is complete white privilege on top of uh, this faux progressivism. He's gay. That's up. I appreciate that there is a gay man who's married running for the presidency and being open. But that's not real change. Do you know what I mean? That is the appearance of change. That is the trappings of change. It's like having you know, a, a, a Barack Obama as a president. That is, it's good. It's a step in the right direction. It is, it shows that we have changed, that the country is moving in, in a better direction against hatred and, and against homophobia and against division. That, of course, is all good stuff, but it's not the real change that we need. But it is, it's safe. It's the safe corporate uh, the corporate sponsored kind of change that they believe in. It's uh, the trappings of a progressive revolution, but none of the substance that we actually need, like tax policy, like doing something about this incredible income disparity, doing something about the fact that we have legal bribes it right built right into the system. But Pete Buttigieg is taking, he has the most... Um, he's like Bernie has the record for most individual contributions. He has the record for most billionaire contributions. So he is, he has about 28 billionaires funding him. That's all you need when you're, when you're a corporate Dem, you don't need the millions of individual donations. You just need 28 billionaires. So you can peddle the trappings of change, real change. That's what he likes to say. Real change. I'm for real solutions, real, you know, he doesn't say change, real solutions, that's what he says. But he's using Republican talking points, his whole thing about how I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to school it is a Republican frame. It's the same kind of frame that they used against Social Security. I don't want to pay, Why means, let's means test Social Security. Why should you, why should rich people get social security. They don't need it. But that's why it's a successful program because it belongs to all of us. It's a unifying program. It's part of what it's exactly what this country needs. The, uh, the more programs that every that allows us to all be Americans. Everybody in, nobody out or aspiring Americans. That's the only American value. We are, we're in this together. This is how you unify the country on top of the of seeding success to the next generation. Right now, we're setting up youth for, for, for what? We're setting them up for failure, to be indentured servants to the banks. This is not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe for a great nation. It's certainly a recipe for oligarchy. How can someone be, how could this country be great if we, we, the next generation is shackled with such debt that they'll, they can't get established. They can't buy homes. They can't, uh, well, they don't, it doesn't matter. 
because the rich will have all the homes. You and thanks to very uh, not progressive policies uh, uh, like that Joe Biden, the DLC Democrat, promoted, you can't discharge your student loan in bankruptcy anymore. Used to be able to do that, but not anymore. All of these policies, of course, they, they all work in concert against the American people. And no wonder the United States is the least upwardly mobile. This is not an accident. This is by design of these policies. So AOC tweeted, and I'm so glad. Honestly, when I saw this, I was like, I cannot believe it. Because I've been talking about this for a long time, as you know, and even before I had the show that these Democrats use these Republican talking points, and that's how you know, right off the bat. I'm not, I'm not into it. I, I'm, not, I, I'm for real change. I need, this country needs, I need, we all need, this Tara Jr. Jr. needs this country to work for all. Otherwise, we're not, the democracy will, is dead. That's the end of it. You cannot have concentrated wealth and a functioning democracy at the same time. But Republicans know that. And so do these corporate, the corporate elite. They, are, they love the fact that they don't have to pay taxes. Are you kidding me? They love that the American people are indebted to them, that they don't, won't rise up, that they won't pester their betters. And then they'll trickle, the, the elite will trickle some benefits on us, and that'll keep us quiet for a little bit. But th that's what makes me so annoyed because the, a lot of the working people of this country don't realize the game that's being played on them. And these unions, um, they, uh, this is another talking point about how unions negotiated for, a, for their uh, Cadillac medical plan. Why should some people have a Cadillac medical plan while 85 million Americans have nothing? And we're supposed to be okay with the fact that Americans needlessly die. That's, you know what I mean? That's not a functioning civilization. So, but AOC, in regard to uh, Buttigieg's consistent frame that I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to schools, school to, go to school or whatever, go to college, th that, um, that she called him out the, for this frame is brilliant. So what happened was, so it says, uh, this is an article from The Hill. AOC knocked Democratic presidential hopeful Pete Buttigieg for using what she called a GOP talking point to take aim at proposals for tuition-free public college. Now, I don't see why any Democrat would be against tuition-free public college. This is an investment we make in each other. Why should kids, if you, have a, if you have a desire to go to school, and of course it doesn't necessarily have to be school, you could be trade school, but if someone wants to go to college, we have a vested interest as a society to send them there. Maybe that kid who comes from nothing can pull themselves up, and I don't say by their bootstraps, because that's, that's even that pull yourself up by your bootstraps frame, I mean, we say it sarcastically, but it's really, it's... Um, that is a knock. It's also that's it's not something that we should be proud of. It's sort of like it's you can't pull yourself up by your bootstrap. That was the whole idea of that frame. But now people adopt it like it's like something that you can do. 
that people in the past would say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps as a, it's uh, as an impossible feat that you, so anyway, by saying, you know, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's impossible. We, we're in this together. But anyway, in a campaign video tweeted out on Thursday, Buttigieg says, I believe we should move to make college affordable for everyone. Of, of course, because it, a lot of people get very rich peddling these uh, for-profit colleges. They need, that, they need to keep that system in place. There are some voices saying, well, that doesn't count unless you go even further, unless it's, even f it's free for the kids of millionaires. But I don't want to make promises that we... But uh, wait, I, I only want to make promises that we can keep. F you, buddy. Of course you make promises. That's The other thing is we, we I don't want to make promises we can't keep. Why can't we keep it? Why can't you make promises of the things that other countries do for generations? How come Germany can do that? They, you can go to school. You can get a stipend. You don't have to come out hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You can actually s set up your life. You could use college as a springboard, and, and it cultivates civilization, of course. Not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. They're not going to be a businessman. There's other needs in this world. Some, maybe we, we need people to study art history and history and writing and English and whatever. Does it not all, uh, it's not all about uh, setting up a business. Give me a break. I want to make promises that we can keep. Well, we only can't keep them because you're dancing with the ones who are bringing you to the ball. We can't keep? Why can't we keep it? This is, it's so baffling to me. We can do anything but do the same things that other countries have done for generations. Give me a break. Uh, we can't keep it because your buddies don't want it, that you're entrapped you're, you're entrenched in the broken system, and obviously you like to keep it that way. I don't want to make promises we can't keep because you don't, you don't give a crap. He doesn't care enough to want to fight for the things. What do you think Bernie Sanders would have said? What, where would we be if Bernie 20 years ago said, I, don't want to, I, 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 want to, um, I, I believe in a $15 minimum wage, but I don't want to make promises we can't keep. Everybody should pay, get paid more, but I don't want to make promises. It's too hard. It's too hard to fight for, the, for what's right. It's too hard to go up against the entrenched, powerful interests that have their greed-centered claws around the neck of our country. That's just too hard. It's so much easier to, to dance with the ones who brought you. To brought you to the ball, buddy. It's so much easier to have a nice little, uh, uh, you know, a small party with corporate lobbyists than it is to actually fight for, the, for real solutions that will have a real impact on people's lives. Just throw them a bone. Throw them a trickle. G open up a subsidy or something. Get, get, get a billion, as you say, and then if they, if they get a little uppity, if the serfs get uppity, just tell them it's too hard. Uh, you know, they didn't get in, he didn't get into politics for shit be hard, right? 
he wants it, uh, you know, if he wanted to really fight for real solutions, he'd be fighting for them. He wouldn't be palling around with billionaires. To quote Sarah Palin, <clears throat> give me a break. I don't want to send rich kids, I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to college. What do you think would we be? Where would we be if FDR said, I don't want rich kids or rich seniors to have Social Security? I don't want to pay for rich seniors to have this this insurance program. That's bullshit. It's also another way for them to dismantle a program, of course, and to set up divisions in the country. And that's how they keep us divided because we that's how we have to look at it. It, it creates dissension and resentment amongst different classes of people. So those who are a few rungs lower on the ladder who get a, a lot of subsidies for medical care, for college, then you have those higher on the ladder resenting those lower on the ladder rather than turning their anger where it needs to be. At Pete Buttigieg's in his at, at Pete Buttigieg's corporate lobbyist party, and the elites who are behind the walls of their gated communities coming up with ways to convince us that we don't want to do the things that we need to do, instead of unifying the country and saying that yeah, just like FDR set up Social Security, everybody in, nobody out, that's the only American way. That's the way, that's a real solution that we will, that we'll actually, we're cultivating, we're using our tax dollars to cultivate a future for this country that we can be proud of. Who knows what will come out of the investments we make in each other? Look, look at what happened with the GI Bill. The, every dollar that we spent on sending the GIs to college returned, I think it was $1.60 or something, into the economy or more. I think it was, I, that's, um, I, I'm, I, I have to check it. I'm, I'm, I believe it's more, but it's an investment. And it's not all about money anyway. What kind of a civilization do we want to have here? That we should be the model of democracy around the world. Not everybody has to sit behind a computer writing a, an algorithm to rip off Wall Street or to f find another way to high-frequency trade. That's, that's, that's not a civilization. But so here's, um, so let's see. That's Pete Buttigieg. The comments by Buttigieg come several months after Bernie Sanders, who Ocasio-Cortez had endorsed in, tw in the 2020 race, release an ambitious plan to cancel nearly $1.6 tr in student debt for millions in less, than a year if, in, in, in less than a year if elected to office. The plan builds upon the senator's earlier calls for free college tuition in public universities. I mean, that's how we have to do it. We have a, enough money to funnel into the arms of people who will never spend it in a hundred lifetimes, that it will sit in bank accounts that will be accumulating money so they could b take it out when needed to buy politicians and corrupt government. It's not, it's not uh, stimulating the economy. Get the hell out of here. It's ensuring that this, the whole world, that this decline in democratic systems continues apace. I mean, these Republicans and these right-wing Democrats, they're, they're the problem. 
why don't they talk about that? Why doesn't Pete Buttigieg talk about the amazing, um, the record income disparity and upward immobility? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does talk about it, but he doesn't talk about real solutions. He talks about the, uh, the same Republican talking points. It's more dangerous coming from him, though, because he's pretending to be a Democrat. He might be a Democrat. He's a, I guess, uh, he's a DLC Democrat. What does it make you, what makes you a Democrat? Really? If you're not for Democratic, you're for a little, it's like a little less um, merciless than the right wing. I don't know. We'll we'll only push you off a cliff at uh, 50 miles an hour and not at the 90 miles an hour that the Republicans demand. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, AOC said in a Twitter thread aimed at the at um, aimed at Buttigieg's comments, uh, AOC wrote, "This is a GOP talking point used to dismantle public systems, and it's sad to see a Democratic candidate adopt it." Hooray! Exactly. This is what we've been saying for weeks now since Buttigieg started to spew his Republican talk, talking points during that first debate, whenever, I never heard of this guy until he got onto the national stage, of course. But during the, one of the debates, he started with this bullshit about, I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to school. And not, not, none of the other Democrats, surprisingly, called him out for it. But thankfully, here comes AOC. So let's talk about why Republicans are wrong on this. Just like rich kids can attend public school, they should be able to attend tuition-free public college. Of course. Doesn't that make sense? That's, a, that's the American way. Here's why, she continued. Universal public systems are designed to benefit everybody. Everyone contributes and everyone enjoys. We don't ban the rich from public schools, from firefighters or libraries, because they are public goods. Yeah, doesn't it? it? It seems so simple because it is. It makes so much sense because it does. And Buttigieg's trying to divide us with this, I don't want to spend, I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to college. It's, it's so offensive because it's more dangerous coming from him because that, are, we, are Democrats supposed to believe, let's say the younger people, or those who aren't really watching politics or paying attention as they should, they're going to think that this is a normal, across-the-board kind of way of looking at um, public goods, basically. Oh, I don't want to pay for this guy or this, this kind of person when it's, it goes against everything that, that Democrats supposedly believe in. I mean, what is e pluribus unum? There are some things, of course, yeah, that um, don't, this, everybody in, nobody out, that doesn't apply. Of course not. But it, it applies to these public goods, education, medical care, uh, uh, water, health. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Um, roadways, the things that we share in common. Firefighters, just like she mentioned, firefighters, libraries. If it, why, why? I don't want to, I don't want rich kids to go to libraries. I don't want, I don't want to pay for, to have uh, mansions not burned down. Why would I want to pay for that? Really? 
universal systems that benefit everyone are stronger because everyone's invested, the freshman progressive lawmaker went on, adding a third reason. When you start carving people out and adding asterisks, right? You know what I'm trying to say, asterisks, to who can benefit from goods that should be available to all, the cracks in the system develop exactly and this is what they've been doing to us for, for generations. Republicans do this to us. And DLC Democrats, now we're hearing it from the, the, the corporate darling, of course. I'd love to see. I don't know if he responded to this, but this was a Twitter thread. Of course he must have seen it because AOC has a lot of clout in the Democratic Party now. So further in the thread, AOC wrote that Many children of the elite went to private Ivy League schools anyway, which aren't covered. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Many children of the elite went to want to go to private schools anyway, which aren't covered by tuition-free public college. Yeah, so you don't have to use it. It's like the same thing. It's the same argument against universal health care. They say, oh, uh, rich people... Um, I think that the rich, they're afraid, oh, I don't want to take my private health racket insurance away from me. But that's not what universal health care does. You could always get private health racket insurance. You know what I mean? They, that's rich will, the rich will always get what they need. They will always get more. It's just about leaving no one behind. So... Lastly, so she go, so her tweets continued. Lastly, and I can't believe we have to remind people of this, but it's good to have classrooms from pre-K to college to be socioeconomically in, in, integrated, she added. Having students from different incomes and backgrounds in the same classroom is, a good, is good for society and economic mobility. And, of course, that's why we're the least upwardly mobile now with the widest income gap we have where we've been separated into silos where you used to in certain t in uh, in the great prosperity after uh, in the new deal post new deal economic boon of the great prosperity you, you when the income disparity was not that as wide where it was only 50 times the CEO would only make 50 times the lowest paid worker. And many times, these workers and the executives of the companies would live in the same communities. Not anymore. We can't have a functioning democracy continue like this. It's not functioning. We know that. I, keep, I say that a lot, the functioning democracy. It's not functioning. This democracy, it's always been aspirational but it is now hanging by a thread and that's thanks to the right wingers and the democrats who should know better are not helping so even the now that we have the possibility of a progressive a real progressive real change we can believe in perhaps breaking out and these de and these so-called democratic billionaires jumping in the race it's that alone should tell you everything that it should tell you that Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and the progressive wing of the Democratic Party are talking about the real solutions that we truly need to fix this broken system. 
that will shore up the problem, the, the, the problem that made Twitler possible. My God. <clears throat> so it says, Buttigieg's campaign did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So I'd like to see what he says. Apparently he's, well, obviously he's having a lot of, he, he has a lot of help. I don't know if you, I should have grabbed this video, but this, um, on Morning Joe, <laughs> I watch MSNBC. I, I think just so I could gripe with you guys. Wait, hold on. Because it's unbelievable. And, and I, I'm not kidding. This is why I ask you to contribute and you do. So thank you and become a patron and tell your friends and all that because if we have to if we have to listen to MSNBC we're we're done it's over they they'll okay they're not fascist fox news but they are corporate the, it's the corporate protection racket going on there oh look at junior he's so cute he's holding my hand so and yeah if we have to uh uh, the fact that they are all in confederacy against the real progressive solutions tells you everything that we need to know, that they are the solutions that we need. And if, I mean, Pete Buttigieg, get the hell out of here. He's, he's 37 effing years old. I mean, and they talk about the white privilege. Forget about it. For real. If that, if, if you think a 37-year-old woman would be, would get that far? In, this, in the primary, it's because he's a man. There's no doubt. And a white man at that. So this country is, uh, it's not, when they, they talk about how uh, we can't afford these things, we can't afford not to do these things with the system that we have now. We're, we're the, the middle class, there is no more middle class. The, they have turned the middle class into the working poor. And that's not, I, uh, that's not sustainable for a functioning civilization. I'm trying to find this article here. Oh, and the other thing. So now there's a backlash, the woke attack on Pete Buttigieg. This is a, an article written at the Atlantic. I'm, I'm getting really tired of this whole anti-woke thing. You hear Barack Obama, when they want to dismiss the, the actual solutions that we need to to shore up democracy, to, to do something about the record income disparity and upward immobility that is worse than the first Gilded Age, that's worse, we're, mo we're more unequal than they were in the Roman goddamn, rep not the re Republic, the Empire, the Roman Empire. This country has a wider income disparity. And not, that's ridiculous. And they, when they want to push back on the actual solutions we need, they say, they say, oh, it's the woke. The woke are, are striking back, like, to diminish what we're saying. We're woke. Yeah, we're goddamn woke because we're sick of this shit. We know, the, we know the game is being rigged against us. It's been rigged, and we have the solutions. The, you know it. They know it. The corporate media knows it. The corporations know it. Bloomberg knows it. Uh, the Amazon knows it. Or oh, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos knows it. And the only the only people who don't know it are many of the American people. They know, they feel it, but they don't know it. 
They had a, uh, t- this morning on AM Joy, there was another, I wish I had played it, I'm looking at the time, this uh, CNBC contributor went on there to talk about, to push back on Elizabeth Warren, of course, and to talk about how uh, we don't want to implement these policies that will do anything about the up- the upward immobility because, you know, an- unintended consequences the stock market, the, there might be a blip in the stock market and the, all of the fear-mongering about the things that we actually need. These people aren't patriots. And the argument, this guy on, on MSNBC, who's on, J, on Joy, Joy Reid's show this morning, was saying that, you know, we should be grateful because, um, for instance... You know, uh, the Microsoft guy, Bill Gates, he he's out there trying to, um, you know, eradicate po- whatever the hell he's eradicating, malaria. And they're like, that's not America, though. So we're supposed to live and die by the graces of our betters. That's not the system that the founders set up for us. That's the system they escaped where you're supposed to be like, oh, thank you, my lord. Please trickle some benefits on us. Oh, thank you. You're so philanthropic. I'm so grateful that you trickled upon us. That's not how it's supposed to work. I mean, good for them for wanting to give away their billions and billions of dollars that they'll never spend in 50,000 lifetimes thanks to the rigged tax system that funneled more money into their pockets than into the pockets of the people who will spend it and work and made their businesses possible. And did the work that woke up in the mornings and gave their lives to these to these corporations without uh, any gratitude from the people at the top. But we're supposed to be, oh, thank you, Bill Gates, for trickling your money upon us. You're going to give your money away. Why don't you go to Congress and you know do uh, get use your ma- major platform to get out there and talk about how the system is rigged. It's time for the progressive taxation. It's time for a top marginal tax rate of 90%. It's ridiculous. Oh, and with, uh, with Ob- Obama going out there disparaging, oh, the woke, the woke, that's a, that's a laugh line now. Oh, they're so woke. I don't want you, because we're not supposed to believe, uh, the, please don't be too left. You know, oh, the woke, you're too, too uh far left going uh, i mean it's just ridiculous it's not about being far left it's about being uh realistic this is what we need and it's nothing there's nothing un-american about what we're talking about a top marginal tax rate of 90 percent that's eisenhower's tax rate uh, a uh a new new deal we've been here before we've had we we've had these policies before Policies that promote unions, that promote a, a living wage. It's time to include uh, universal health care into, into that franchise. But they, on uh, Morning Joe, I'm not Morning Joe, on AM Joy this morning, it's the sa- same old, same old shit. Does this person really, this uh, CNBC, Ron Insana is his name, talking about how, oh, we should be really... We, we don't want to tax Bill Gates too much because 
you know, he's being very philanthropic or whatever, but that's not how it works. You know what I mean? We're supposed to, the, the way it's supposed to work is that we all pay our fair share in taxes. And as FDR said, uh, the only American value was that if you don't, if you can't afford to pay taxes, you don't pay. The people who pay it's, it are those who are making money. But if you're on, uh, if you're poor, that's, uh, this is the American value. That's protect, that's the, that's what he called the only American value. Progressive taxation. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. It's probably because I haven't slept. But yeah, um, that's let, let me just sum it up real quick. I see the time. I got to get out of here. But the that it's what uh, what we need to promote. I'm really glad that AOC is talking about this Pete Buttigieg problem. The, the Republican talking point problem. May, adopting Republican talking points in the Democratic po uh, Party? Is that necessary? We have the right ideas. We have the solutions. We have saved this country from two Republican Great Depressions. Obama, the problem with him was that he was not far left. And if we were, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be scrambling on, with this Obamacare bullshit as they're whittling away at it. That's the problem. The only w reason they were they're able to undermine it is because it doesn't belong to everybody. Because of the subsidies and the, I don't want to pay for rich people. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> so, but the, 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 this is what we have to start promoting. That it's really about, you know, every, everybody in, nobody out. That is the only American value. And that we shouldn't be grateful for billionaires trickling upon us. Good for them. But the real conversation should be, why don't we have a functioning tax system that enables us to eradicate malaria without having to beg a billionaire? You know, you know what I mean? That's the problem. We, don't, we shouldn't have to go find a benevolent lord to to deal with the problems that we that we face, we're lucky. Oh, we have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Your Grace. But that's not America. <clears throat> All right, I'm losing my voice, and it's time to go anyway. Oh, brother, I want to thank everyone for chilling out with me on Saturday evenings, getting together. I look forward to it every week. I'm glad, obviously, Tara Jr. Jr. does as well. Right, buddy? And I want to thank you for all your support, telling your friends. Thank you, Gene, for being one of the early adopters of Tara Buster. And thank you, wait, Tara Jr. is put his hand on my keyboard. And thank you for all the super chats and just for meeting me here every Saturday evening when I put the show on the online and I see the, the chat room start filling up, I, I feel like, yeah, we will win. We're going to win because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity. And I will try to do another show this week. 
during the week. I, I can't say the day. It all, it all depends on where and when, what the schedule is. And Francis Jr. Jr., where is he? Before I go. Oh, he's laying down. Francis. Francis. Ugh, you know how it is. <laughs> Completely ignoring me. Francis, come here. Francis. No, he's not going to come. He's not coming. He's laying down. So, but he's doing good. He's not wearing a cone. He's really doing well. I'm happy to report that medication seems to be working. Thank you guys for hanging out every week. I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll, I'll still, I'll be here every week. We're going to, we're going to win. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I will see you very soon.